Welcome back to the Kim and Kath show. <laughs> Kath is dancing like we've got some kind of music. We got no music. I always have music in my head. <laughs> we are the intro. Um, welcome back. Uh, how are you today? How am I today? I am. No, good. that was how kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weird. Uh, yeah. Phrase. How are you? I yeah. am fine. This is brought to you by AI. <laughs> Still got, still got the hacks. Still got the hacks. Still got but... the hacks? I still oh. do too, but I've had a cold since, I've had that since May. Ugh. I know. So there's um, something going on. Yeah. So what did I do? I didn't uh, know. Do you want to know what I did today? You <laughs> of course I care. <laughs> Usually you're like, thanks for asking. Yeah. And I say, I didn't ask. I know. <laughs> Of course, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just barging in. Of course, right I want to know how you're doing this fine Monday morning. What have you been up to already? Okay, well, um, the air quality sucks. Just, where we are, it does. Yeah, they say it's ten plus, so stay inside. Um, so I did take my dog for a walk because if I don't, his little heart breaks, and it's like I can tough it for him. We do. We don't do a huge walk anymore. Um, anyway, so I did that, and then I got myself ready to go to my doctor's appointment, which is, I like to call it my annual inspection. <laughs> oh, was that kind of appointment? Your annual yeah. inspection? Yeah. I got that, I got mine done a little while ago. I still, I have some extra tests I have to do, but how was your experience for your annual inspection? Well, you know, I- you got any, very... Do you got any leaks, creaks? Any... <laughs> well, you know, you only get a certain amount of, um, things that you can go over when you go to your this doctor. This is what I understand now, hey? It's like, like you somebody else said that. You had three. Oh, wow. So, um, I have to go back on Thursday. Oh, because you had more than, oh. I had one more. You had so, one more and they wouldn't talk to you about it? No, she said, well, she wanted to give it the attention it, de it deserved. So, I go back on Thursday. And we can talk about that another in the next one, because I got nothing about it right now. <laughs> But, um, so I always think I'm like, I had a, a radical total hysterectomy in 2017. So I'm like, yay, I will what never have What do you call it radical? What does that mean? That means it took, they took everything. They took like my holding tubes, my like your ovaries? Um, ovaries and my oh. uterus. So I'm just oh, like. right. Because yeah. of, right. Because right. of your cancer diagnosis. Yeah, they took it all. They just said, Did you know? see you later. So it's like, I have a vision in my head of what it's like in there now. Right. I'm like, wait, so do you have to get a pap tip? Well, I, no, I shouldn't. I, and they ask me every time. She's like, oh, she didn't, she didn't set you up for a pap test. And I'm like, cause I don't. You're like, dude, it's like the black hole. It's like a big space. Like there's a, there's tumbleweeds. I Like there's just, anyway. So I'm, I, now I'm curious. Have, they have to check the tissue. I was just going to say, they must do it like a, not a cervix, but the. They just do a check, a visual. Okay. Oh, they don't like scrape the vagina walls or anything like that? No. Nope. I don't know. Nope. That sounds terrible. I would not want that anyway. No, they don't do that. Um, oh. Then you check your other parts. It's like they just won't let you get away with No. not spreading your... Look at I am done getting on that bed, sliding down. Scooch down, scooch down. I'm done with that. But I didn't have to scooch down because I didn't have to have a pap test. Okay. So she checked all your bits? Yeah. Did you check your breasts? Yeah. And um, listened to my heart, my lungs, checked all my stuff, checked my 
breast tissue. Uh, everything is good. I have to go for a mammogram every year. Yeah. Uh, I'm slated for that for some reason. Um, so I have to go um, every year for that. Probably because of your age. Um, she didn't say it was because of my age, because I think after at a certain point, you only have to go every three years if no. you're good, oh. and I've never... No, I was I always told it was fifty uh, over 50. It's every year. Have you gone for one? No, uh, yes, I have. I've done oh. them many times. I hate oh, them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that, I know that they're very important. And so if she checks your skin. I, I had this little discoloration on my calf that my kids were really, oh. mom, you have to get that checked. And I believe I got it checked a few years ago. And she said, oh, it's not anything major. It's, it's actually kind of normal. It happens to people. I'm like, I don't know. I cannot remember what she said it said it was, but she said, you can get it, um, uh, cold frozen off. Oh, cold freeze. Oh yeah. So that's what she did. I said, I don't care. It doesn't bother me, but it really bothers my kids. So <laughs> let's do this. So that it didn't hurt at all. Like it was like just a little like yeah. freezer burn, but not even as bad as if you stuck. Yeah, I got that. That's what I got done on my face that day. Okay. Well, I yeah. got this on my calf. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the reason like we're talking about this, I think it's like for years, um, I just, I, I never thought it was that important to go and get, um, physical, like go and get checked. I felt fine. Why do I have to I go would, and get checked? I would agree with you. Yeah. And after everything, I think we both have been through, <coughs> I think it's, it's, I, I never want anybody to wait till you go through something really horrific or scary or whatever it is to yeah. actually take care of your health. So I am after my daughters all the time, go in yeah. and get checked. Yes. I think especially with women's health. It, yeah. Well, it's so Our body can quickly turn and, you know, you're the things that make you a whim, a woman, a woman, a woman, a woman. <laughs> uh, actually end up like, I mean, I hate to say it, but your vagina and your boobs can try to kill you at some point. They turn on you <laughs> without a, without any notice. They guess like we're on strike. We're you are done, Missy. I know. It's like, yeah. So you think. Yeah, like, I don't have time or, oh, and yeah. one of the reasons that I didn't like going was because they weigh you every time you go to the doctor. And if I wasn't a certain weight, oh. I wouldn't go to the doctor. I was so really? afraid of being judged. Yeah, so afraid of being judged. Uh, I, um, I, I did not, I never, <laughs> I, 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 I was I, like, I, wait, <laughs> uh, I never went to the doctor. I never went for an annual appointment, nothing. In fact, when I, when they found my breast cancer, um, and the doctor actually said, we have no baseline information for you. Like yeah. it's been years and years and years. I think I went for a pap. They would do a female, like, um, they had a, like a women's clinic night or whatever, where you could come in every year or whatever, three years to get your pap or whatever. But other than that, I never went for a full physical. Cause I was like you, I was like in the sense of like, I'm not sick. I don't have anything to complain about like, or anything to do. Yeah. So, um, so then when I got cancer, that's, they start, when you go, you have to get weighed every single time before and after chemo. And that's when that started to trigger me. Right. Yeah, I guess it would like for me, it was just my, my, my weight. Um, and so it was, and that I just want to say, 
don't let that hold you back. And I know right? that I think I think things are changing. Doctors are getting much more um, informed. Uh, they're not challenging people so much. Well, I shouldn't. I don't know if your doctor, if your doctor is someone who challenges you because of your size, you need to find another doctor. Which is so easy to say, but not so easy to do because it's very hard to find a. Yeah, doctor. no, I think you know. I know with my doctor, and I, I'm hoping this is the case with many doctors. It's more about what else is ailing you. So if yes. you are carrying extra weight and you have high blood pressure and you have high sugars and you have hard time breathing though then maybe there's a discussion around all of those parts but yeah well um one of the things is is you're supposed to just kind of look at your doctor and say okay well how would you be treating a person that you deemed an ideal weight because let's treat the condition because actually weight is is the more they study it but who is they the people who are um, trying to be more positive, body positive, um, are saying that really, I think weight does affect us in some way, shape, or form, but it is not the driver, driving factor. For so, your health? It has huge yeah. impact on your health, though. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I would disagree. It depends, on, it depends on who you talk to. No, I, no, no. Listen, breast, for instance, breast cancer reoccurrence, a higher body fat temperature i was going to say a higher body fat percentage but guess what when you go into the doctor they don't know your body fat you can be a skinny no, no. person with a lot of body Lots fat. Of body fat but this is what i'm saying same with diabetes you can be skinny with diabetes and you can also have uh you can still be skinny and have lots of body fat i think that's the problem with like ozempic and some of those medications is you end up losing muscle mass but that's what i'm saying if you correlate it with if it's like, it's not like I have no complaints. And I, you can be fit and healthy and happy at any size. It's it's the disease aspects or the symptoms that you might be having along with some of those things. I think that there is a, I mean, obesity in terms of its impact on health. You're talking to somebody who is in. Don't so right. No, no, I'm like, you're talking to somebody who's in therapy for like, a year for eat, an eating disorder and just the things that I've learned it's just there's a lot of things out there there's misconceptions but I do believe that and I've had these hard conversations with my yeah. doctor because she did the same thing she told yeah. me to fast three days a week no I remember right and so I think what here's the deal because both of us are not doctors both of us have gone through different things and it's same thing like when I historically like the um what the studies showed, and I don't know what the studies were and what the demographic and who did they pick, but uterine cancer, you're a higher risk if you're at a higher body, body fat. fat. You know why though? You know why that is? Estrogen. It loves, it, it makes babies in fat cells. It, it does. It, I literally <laughs> just found a podcast called like... Menopause and Breast Cancer and this is what it's about. So I remember when I first got, like when I first was diagnosed and I was actually. Excuse me, I'm going to floss my teeth. Oh, I already flossed my teeth. Kimberly, you can't do that oh, on sorry. YouTube. You, you turn away. <laughs> sorry. I had a very stuck. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I remember when I was diagnosed and I was actually quite, I was very fit and I was quite trim. Like I wasn't, um, I was at a lower weight and uh as soon as i saw that it was just like i i was like of course of course i'm the problem it's me um all the things that i've done to my body and it's like you know what and then 
I worried for people in my family and it's just like, oh my gosh, I have to give them all the information. Well, luckily, something in my head said, shut the F up, lady. Do not go running and telling all your daughters. Don't, you need to be this way because you're going to get this if you don't. So oh, anyway, oh, I, I we're not doctors. We've had experience um, and we've had positive and negative. But I, I, my own personal uh, GP has become very enlightened. Oh, that's uh, good. Comes to, yeah, like she was a lot different a year ago. And now she's a lot more educated. Um, I would agree that there's been a shift with mine too. Because she said that to me like whenever that was last year was like, uh, because one of the thing, one of the factors they try to that was our first create, podcast that we never released. Yeah, that's right. Was was uh, a higher percentage body fat, which comes with because I was not actually weight training, so the body fat was actual body yeah. fat, like the weight gain was actual body fat. So we had had the conversation anyway. Fast forward a year later, like I said, you know, I go back. We tried all these things, and she said, "Look, it, you're active." You eat a wide range of foods. Your blood pressure is not high. Your blood sugars could be a little bit lower. So let's just work on maintaining a health because there is there is, you, there balance. there is that right like a I, healthy balance. Yeah, it's not Which just about body more. weight, but yeah, I think it is a well, it's a conversation that's awkward. Exactly, it's like many things. Like people don't want to talk about this, and I think that you know. Um, us even talking about it, it, it's like different experiences and different viewpoints and <clears throat> do we get triggered by certain things? And it's like, man, right. I stopped therapy. Um, a while ago. Totally. Stopped therapy uh, just because I, wa I wasn't in the headspace. <laughs> perfect. I do have a question for you, though. Yes, um, yes. So... When you, I mean, I know this year is not really a good kind of like baseline year for you because there's been a lot of things going on. But when you look or lean into who you are as a human now versus like and kind of where you're at with your own headspace and your own physical physicality mm -hmm. and when you where you were when you were diagnosed because you said you were uh, your physical self was different. What do you right? You said mm -hmm. that that correct yeah so what what would you say who was the healthier you like today you or today me like today all me. for all around well-being you feel more comfortable in your skin now yes 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 i do yes i do i um you know what I, i'm learning to accept myself like I, I haven't got this. I think it was you who actually said this, which is thing? so wise. And maybe oh. it wasn't you, but somebody was really. I'm going to take credit if it was a good thing. Usually, <laughs> usually it's a bad thing. So it's like, you know, it was you. We have this standard of ourselves when we were 25 oh, yes. or 12 or 15, where we thought, and even probably at that time in our lives, we didn't appreciate Yes. Where we were, we were very judgmental, but we have this idea that because if I look in the mirror at 62, why the frick can I, like, why, why don't I look like I did when I was 50, when I was really fit and I was training for things and all of, like, why? But at 50, 
I did not like myself. I was, I you was way more extreme stuff going on up here. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. At 50, at 30. Sorry, I didn't mean like you were crazy. I, was, <laughs> I had so much going on. So, um, but it was you who said that. And when you said that to me, I was like, that is such a powerful statement. I have moved through that. Like, I don't even think of, uh, the body that I had when I was, uh, 50. I appreciate it. I can appreciate it now. And what I'm trying to do and trying is what I used to say all the time is a noisy way of doing nothing, which I don't believe is true. When you're trying something. Trying is a noisy way of doing nothing. That's what I used to say about business. Like people in business who were like not stepping up. I was a, I wanted to get things done, but it was a quote I read and I thought, oh yeah, this is so good. But no, trying is doing something and trying to achieve something. So I am definitely trying to, I don't have to love her right now. Although man, I really appreciate her. Um, I'm, I'm really actually just trying to appreciate her more for, for who she is. Uh, the body that's carried me through so much. You know, and there, there's so much wisdom in that. That's why I was like, you know, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I was 30 pounds lighter. I was running, I was doing Ironmans. I was working. Well, I had a couple of jobs, all that kind of stuff, or businesses, all that stuff. And I would say that overall, even though I'm less physically fit now, right? Like really less, like comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> comparatively. But trying not to compare the, who you are now to who you were then. And just being, it's just such a, uh, it's just such a happier state of being. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Looking back at that 50 year old, some 50 something who's, you know, being challenged physically, you may look, may have looked like whatever your ideal look was, but internally it was such a mess. Yeah. Right. I don't think I ever, ever achieved what I thought was the. I was always, and, and the joke was always, I was built for comfort, not for speed. Like I, I was not built to run, uh, but I love, I do love physical activity yeah. and I don't do physical activity to punish myself anymore. Oh yeah. I do, do physical activity to feel better, to squat down, to play with my grandchildren, to walk my dog, to do housework, to do all the things. Um, I think it's just so important to take care of yourself. And, you know, when you're younger, and I guess, like, we've talked about this, like this body image thing, like, it literally stopped me from going to the doctor. It stopped me from doing a lot of things. And you, you were joking with me when, like, when we first met and I told you I was in therapy um, for an eating disorder, and I said, I do not want to be the poster child for women over 60 seniors uh, with eating disorders and you looked at me so sweetly and you said, well, actually, I think you might be. <laughs> Honestly, because these I, are the conversations that nobody's having. Yeah, what is it like to be in your 50s and 60s and unpacking a lifelong relationship with yourself so that you can stop, stop, finally stop the things of the past or the turmoil or the torment to just really, really 100% be present. And think about that. Do you think that it's generational? Like, do you think it's that, that generational thing that you carry? Like in my family, I actually do think it was. Yes, because I, certain things, certain patterns of behavior and values are passed on. Yeah. So you, do you want to tell the story about 
what age about the whole oh, when I was 12 yeah oh my gosh well yeah when I and like this is to me this is so powerful to me like now at this age when I hear your that story I can see the stage that was set for you yeah, and I'm sure yeah. you can too yeah now so um my mother was a loving mother um and you know what we do what we believe to be the best thing we can for our Absolutely. children what, Don't judge whatever, me not. whatever those belief systems are and it's the same with grief it's the same with a whole bunch of things we're taught things that we believe are true but they may not be just and go ahead and learn say, better you can story. do better. What? tell us the story okay the story yes okay so the story yes get me on track okay so the story i know it's just so powerful I was 12 years old and um, my mother had decided the best thing for me and I, was, was to put me on a diet. She took me to, am I allowed to say what I went on? Sure. I was on Weight Watchers. I went with at my 12. mother on Weight Watchers at 12 years old. Um, and the, the interesting thing about it, so at 12 years old, you're, and I, I was not, I was, at, I was like 5'9 at 12. So I was, wow. a, I was a pretty tall girl and I, I would not be considered plus size at that age and stage. But I, my mom said, we're going to make you look better. So um, like off we went and every week, I'm like, it's so like when I think about it, how humiliating every week you get weighed in. And the goal was to lose weight. And if you didn't lose weight, it was a very bad thing. But if we lost weight, my mother and I would go to the Dairy Queen. How effed up is that? That would be our treat. So you're restricting yourself, like severely restricting yourself. And then you would have this treat and then you'd have to restrict yourself. So I was on that while I was talking to my sister and my sister at 16 was put on diet pills. Her and my mother were on oh. diet pills, which were like speed. Yeah. That's like a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. She was on speed at, at 16. Like, so my mother's heart was to make life better for us because if we were thinner, a life, life would be better. better. I was on a diet on and off and on and off. I was the yo-yo dieter from the time I was 12 years old till the time I was 59. Yeah. And that's just, I just, my little heart breaks for that little 12 year old, but mm -hmm. also not in judgment of your mom, just no. in the, because yeah, it's setting the stage. I'll and here's, Here's my story with my mom, okay? My mom, we're, we're part Indigenous, Métis, my family. This plays in the story. My mom's dark hair, dark eyed, darker skin. And she and her sister is blonde haired, blue eyed, okay? So there's, the two, there's only the two of them. In her family, the blonde haired, blue eyed daughter, her sister, got all the attention. She was the smartest one. She was the prettiest one. She was the favorite. She was the funny, all of that. Okay. She grew up with that as her, um, story. So now she becomes a mother. She has me. I, I'm the firstborn twin. I have blonde hair and blue eyes. And for her, she's like, this is my dream child, right? This is the golden child. Now, my sister is born five years later. My sister looks just like my mother. She's got dark hair, dark eyes, dark skin. They're just like, as much as I look like my mom, my sister looks like. Now imagine what it's like for my sister growing up with the mantra, blonde hair, blue eyed, gets you an easier life. Yeah. So my mom spent her whole life dyeing her hair blonde, oh, man. trying to be what she, right? And then she that on us 
And that, and so my sister grew up very angry towards me and we had lots of conflict and even me internalizing that. Right. And so it wasn't so much in our, and then in my family, every time my mom would see me because I left at a young age, she would check me up and down. And my mom and sister still do this to this day. They literally do the, Oh, you're looking a little beefy or, Oh, you're looking good. Oh yeah. So it's, it does, it does become a generational thing. Oh, yeah. And it it is interesting. And uh, like, thanks for sharing that. I think that that's, that's gotta be so hard, you know, like for your mom and for you and for your sister, like just being, it's like your mom, she didn't mean, she didn't mean to be like, that's what she knew. That's what she knew. Okay. This is how we get what we need to get. We're going to be this. Now here's the best, better question. How did that show up? Now, if you want to get real deep, how did any of that, I know how it showed up in your life, how you internalized it, like you said, till you're 59, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how did, was, how was that expressed externally? Did that repeat itself in a different form, but same kind of tone? Oh, like with my children? Yeah, with you, Ray. Well, you are you mother know- of three daughters. Yeah, mother of three daughters. I never, I swore I would never put my children on a diet. I would never do that to them. I would never put them through that. But, but how many diets were you on? Exactly. I was always, they, I never, I only told them that they were everything. They, they were perfect just the way they were. Um, but they saw me constantly like this and hating myself. And like, it's, it's very interesting because my father did not like uh, anyone that was plus size. It was very, had a real hard time with that. Oh. Um, and talk about like being looked up and down and told, oh, whoa, you know, oh, you're going to wear that. You think that's flattering? Um, oh. You could lose a few. Poking my daughter in the stomach and telling her that she would be beautiful if she didn't have that. You're... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that happened until years later. She was too ashamed to tell me. So it it trickled out. Like I try to protect my children, but it isn't what you say, it's what you do. And so my my girls have their own struggles. Like we talked about this. I I, I've been um, diagnosed with uh, bulimia, um, disordered eating, body dysmorphia. You name it. I I got it. I like I went through the whole gamut. Um, And you know. Exercises where you, you know, have to look at yourself naked. Well, uh, there's you were laughing at me because I'm like, I nope. She goes, Oh, you'll do that one day. I'm like, No, I don't think I will. You won't I, exercise. I would never exercise naked. No, good lord. But look in the mirror. Oh, naked. I exercise naked. No, God. <laughs> if I was, no. <laughs> what a picture. <laughs> but but I'm learning to accept her. accept her. I don't. And that doesn't mean like, again, I haven't got to the point where I'm like, Oh yeah. I love her. I really appreciate her. And so I guess what we're trying to say, all you young and old women out there, older women, mature women, babies out there, whatever. It's like, you know, your health is really important and it's really important to get that checked, but you are more than the number on the scale and you're more than your dress size. You're more than this outward exterior. Um, because if I had lived my life going off of what I thought I looked like, I would be nowhere. I would be stuck. And I, I avoided, like I, 
disassociated from who I thought she was and became who I needed to be, despite all right. of that. Right, but then it all it all showed up in this variety of disorders, right? Totally, it, totally. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, like, if you sit there and you wait, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do this till I'm a size whatever, or I'm not gonna do oh, this. Oh yes, yeah. Ten pounds, or I'm not gonna do this until my hair's down to here. I'll get extensions. <laughs> There's certain well, things you can't do. That's what I mean. Like, it really is a place of stepping into being present. Because mm -hmm. if we're if we're not feeling good enough in the moment physically, whether whatever for you know all of that, it stops you from being present. I've had my own battles with that, right? Because I have I still have areas of self consciousness after having breast cancer, and so it literally will stop me from doing certain things, and that stops me from being present in those moments, right? Because then I just avoid them, and so. so what do you think you could do to help yourself work through that? Well, I think it depends on what it is. Most times, um, most times I have that same conversation. It's just a body. Yeah. Right. It's just a body. This is about the experience. This is about the energy in my body, not the shape of my body. And I think you're right. I think over the last few years, there's been lots more um, discussions around um, no, I think it has to do with age. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse my throat. Oh, you know what, I was like, wait, I think it's to do with age. Like, there comes a point and in acceptance. time. acceptance. And yeah. acceptance, right? Like, that's exactly it. Accepting our bodies and also appreciating yeah. our bodies for everything that they've done. Yeah. And not, not talk, like, it sounds like we're talking about them like they're another person. But they... They are all the, they are we, their own thing. Yeah, we've treated them, well, I have treated my body very unfairly. Um, angry with her for, you know, not measuring up and not being what <clears throat> it, and society, like back in the day, we didn't have, I can't even imagine what it's like now with social media. We didn't have all of that. Right. It was like magazines and TV. So, I mean, that's what we compared ourselves to. Mine um, turned out and mine really manifested in performance, specifically sports. Yeah. Um, there was a portion that I was always on some kind of controlled eating plan. So some kind of diet in order to enhance my performance so that I could move faster, be better. And so there was that kind of competition. It was more, and then I always felt that I was never quite light enough to make the activity easy enough. So that was my drive. Right. right? So it's, it wasn't like I, I restricted myself uh, in eating, but I definitely had disordered eating from like, I had to set timers to eat, right? Like, so it's oh man i did that to run the death race yeah put on like weight yeah oh yeah because i was working with a nutritionist who thought like i'm like okay when you're running 25 kilometers yeah. or whatever you're not running fast you're not burning like the amount of calories you'd be running if you'd be burning if you were running faster and shorter distances so she fed us wrong but man we enjoyed every morsel <laughs> We were disappointed, but you know what? Okay, Here, here's something. I just want to say how we haven't had an. I don't even think we've sworn in this episode. Fuck. I know. We. I want to tell you how fucked up this is. Okay, so you know when you're, you do something. Yeah. And you think, okay, if I'm training for the death race, I'm gonna lose like 20 pounds because I'm doing all this running and all this activity and I'm doing, I'm eating right and blah 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 blah, and then you hit that just before the activity. And you're heavier. 
Well, here. John was dying. And I remember I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't eat much. I, I really didn't focus on food. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose weight. Like this is, and, and like, I'm like, why is that even coming into my oh, head? Oh, like it was like an automatic thought. Yeah, like it's like, oh, <clears throat> wow, you're not eating. Okay, your pants are a little bit bigger. You're losing weight. There's a positive. There's no positive in that, but that's how. So ingrained. Yeah, and I had a friend who that's said wild. like her, she goes, well, I'm on the widow's diet. I've lost some weight here. Like it's uh, not the way that I wanted to, but it definitely helps you lose weight. So that was planted and I'm like, oh my gosh, because some widows will lose weight, some widows will gain weight, some widows will stay the same. It's, but that's- But it's the, the, <laughs> the, the um, That mentality. That thought that still, it's just such an automatic after, it's ingrained, it's like a, yeah. And then, then you have to work against it and you have to remind- Yeah, I was like, snap yeah. out of it. Like who yeah. gives a shit what size your pants are? Yeah. Your husband is dying. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't judge you like, oh my God. But no, it's just, I just wanted to. I think it's just interesting that that, that springs up. So it becomes such an ingrained yeah. thought. And that's why, like, um, you're subconscious and people uh, sometimes don't necessarily want to have this part of the conversation. But that's why you have to scrub that subconscious because those thoughts, after years, they get, they're automatic. They are, mm -hmm. they are your framework. Right. Yep. And so you need, you need to replace that framework. Yeah. It's what right? you And that takes things. time. It takes like tons and tons of uh, re repetition of the same thing, right. In order to replace that. Yeah. So. And I, I can tell you on a more positive note, um, I did, I did let that go. It, I, I, I was oh. actually horrified that it popped into my head at the time. I yeah. do remember thinking, oh my gosh, how screwed up is this? Um, let it go. And you've asked me, like, I think you asked me a couple months ago, like, how is your, like, like, are you okay with your eating and everything? And I said, you know what? It's not even like we're having the conversation now, but it's not a part of my life right now. And I don't know. I, I think like with any kind of recovery, you're always in recovery, but I've learned so much and I've, I learned through the death and dying of my husband how very important it is to be present, how very important it is to take care of yourself, how very important it is to work on the things that aren't working and and be honest. Like coming out and saying I had a, an eating disorder, um, it puts a light on it, right? It yeah. takes the shame away. It's shameful. I don't feel yeah. like I, it's a mental illness. That is the truth. And that was hard for me to say in the beginning. I was on medication. I'm off of it now. Nothing has changed. Um, so I think I'm I'm on a, a an amazing healing journey, journey in so many aspects of my life. That's beautiful. Yeah, and we just want like the two of us together really just want women to be their best and their brightest. And it has absolutely nothing to do with a number. Your age. So can I ask you a question? Do you think that I'm not going to ask you how much you weigh? Don't worry. Um, do you think? Um, do you think that a lot of women? I mean, it's hard. I mean, we're in our own little group think tank, you and I. 
do you think a lot of women, even at our ages, hold themselves back? And maybe this is the question to put on our socials and stuff. Do you think women in their 50s and 60s, when they have the time freedom and maybe some money freedom, um, that they hold themselves back from actually moving into doing some things that they would want because of their body size, shape, or the, the message that they tell themselves about it? I don't know if it holds them back. I think it probably does hold some women back. I think it's like, I look at my mother who died at 76 and I am pretty sure, Kimberly, my mother was on a diet. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like if you, uh, you know, how many women out there are like wanting to go do something but think I'm too... I can't wear a bathing suit. Right, I'm too heavy, I'm too slow or I'm too... Yeah, I don't look... Or whatever, whatever the... It's bad enough. I I, I do believe that it comes with all those numbers. Yeah. Age is in there. Yeah. Um, Size, like what, like being, I don't even care now. Um, And this is something that I learned over a period of time is I don't care what size the jeans are anymore. Right? Just give me the ones that fit me. Yeah, because, but that, that comes with age. That comes with like actually acceptance. Yeah. But (laughs) because... Next week, I could go in and try a pair of jeans, and they'd be smaller. And it's like, ooh, it doesn't matter. They fit. But I do remember before, if I was wearing, I remember someone telling me, oh, my gosh, if I had to wear clothes that were in the double digits, I would want to die. Literally saying that. And I'm like, I think at that point, I might, I, I might have been a size 10. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, see, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us are much more susceptible to those stupid statements. Well, uh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's... Okay, so let's wind this up. This is a Mm. statement. It is never too late to love the skin you're in. Exactly. Never too late. Acceptance. It's never too late. And it's never too late to do what you were meant to do. Don't be held back by a number. I I love... I think as much as you didn't want to be a poster child for... seniors (laughs) seniors with eating disorders i would think that you're you know you're quite an inspiration to uh, many women stepping into you know coming to this place of awareness at you know 59 60 and not thinking oh my gosh i've i've uh lost so much time i've wrecked my life blah 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 but more so it's like no i'm done being treating myself that way and 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 this over these last few years just really stepping into it's not an overnight event you don't just change like that no we could go into that because i actually i i was at that point where i was like i was having a pity party like i've wasted so much time i've wasted so much energy wasted so much money spending all this stuff and it doesn't work and i'm there's something wrong with me and all these things and then actually sitting down and admitting. And I have to say, I had a husband who was so incredibly there for me. Yeah. And he even, like I said, you know, I think I'm going to stop therapy. And I remember him going, do you, think, do you think that's a good idea? Like maybe you might just want to keep like working through some stuff. And because he never judged me on anything. Yeah. But I used to stand in front of him and I say, this is the last time um, I'm going to join this and he'd look at me and he never ever said no to me he just said are you sure this is what you need to do because i think you're just absolutely amazing the way you are and it's like no i need to do this and i did that year upon year upon year and what i i look at that and i do say that's a lot of wasted time and energy 
Right, and then most, you know, is the next thought then, oh, I'm too old to en to enjoy the time that t that way now. But that's what I'm saying. Like, well, you know, you're showing you're showing everybody it's not too late. No. I mean, and look at some of the things you're you're dealing with, and oh, you, the things you've overcome. But now the the new the uh, the most recent events with John's passing, like these are. This is big. Oh, man. Like, we could go into a whole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but we'll I'm just saying, like, you're ahead. still you're still growing through this, and regardless of all the events of life. Yeah. Yeah. You're not and like. Oh, it's everything. never too late. Right. That's my. It's point. never too late. Your husband died. You don't have to stop living. Um, and yeah. So you, you've had a an eating disorder, or you've you've had. Uh, a, a radical hysterectomy or you've had a breast removed or you've had cancer you've you it's still not too late yeah you're exactly. still here it's never too late never too late all right well this thank you so much for your share and your vulnerability uh exactly. today um i think that this really is very impactful and resonates for a lot of us why are you laughing I'm just laughing because I love spending time with you and we always, there's always so much more to say. So let's wrap let's, it up. Let's wrap it up. Tie a bow on this baby and shut it down. Okay. I'm going to. Peace out. Talk, see you next time. Please. We Tune didn't in, even do like, our share, didn't comment. Do our oh, I'm just. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, okay. Yes. Before we actually say goodbye. Kidding. We're not really peacing out. <laughs> Deke, what is that? Uh, okay, anyway, yes, like, subscribe, pass to your friend, whatever the things you have to do, not on just on YouTube, but on the podcast platform. We love it. Yeah. And we're on Instagram at the Kath and Kim Show. Follow us. We'll put some pro, uh, some stuff up there, some content. Okay. I, I, I did. I put a story up today. Ooh, okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I can't stop fucking talking.